Hey, and welcome to Vibing with Vi, with your host, Violet Mitzi. Now let's vibe. Hi, Vibers. Today we're joined with a very special guest. She was born and grew up in Ottawa, loves exploring nature with friends, as a child wanted to be a lawyer, and hates when people chew with their mouth open. Girl, same. Please give a warm welcome to Caitlin Ramsey. Hey. How are you doing today? Doing good. Excited. Kind of nervous. Mostly excited, though. Don't be nervous. Did you work today? I did. It was a long day, too, but work's never ending, right? And how is the new-ish now, not as new-ish job going? Are you liking it? Oh my God, it's so much better because I have left the corporate life and leaving the corporate life is the best thing I've ever done for my mental well-being. Yeah. And now you're like managing too. So you're managing people. So that's probably like a little stressful, but also fun. Kind of gives you a little bit of different experience, right? Honestly, I love it because there's no one to tell me what to do. I actually tell people what to do, which is like, great. (laughs) Everyone has to listen to me. I have the final word. (laughs) I love that. But I have to ask you before we talk about how we met, your dog. What's the dog situation? (laughs) I'm so stoked on him. He's a baby. He just turned five months, June 1st. Wow. is a ruckus, but I absolutely love him. And he's the greatest adventure I've ever taken on. Uh, what kind of dog is he again? I, he's a German Shepherd. Oh, right. Yes, yes. So he's super whiny. I don't know. Yeah, he's super whiny. I don't know if you know about breeds, but German Shepherds are like known to be boisterous dogs. So like anything he wants, he whines about it. He's like constantly talking, which is like gotten super annoying, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm learning to live with it. And it's kind of cool because he can communicate more than your average dog, I feel. So tell me about having a dog. This is your first time having a dog. You've had cats though before, right? Oh yeah. I have my old man Merlin. He's actually just chilling out there right now, sleeping, staring (laughs) at me. (laughs) He's like, I adopted him. So I adopted him probably about five years ago. And he has quite the story because no one actually knows where he came from. He was just found on the street. And when I adopted him, they estimated him to be between six and 10 years old. Wow. He is a crazy old man. He's traveled. He's been on like three flights. He's lived in Gatineau. He's lived in Ontario. He's lived in Alberta. He's lived in BC. He has come with me everywhere I've gone. And like, he's still kicking and he's like 16 hyperthyroid, (laughs) but he's doing great. That visit today, $700 later. (laughs) Oh, no. Now, before we talk about meeting in Banff, what have been challenges that you faced with having a dog versus a cat? Because like, I've never owned pets at all. So I know that cats are a little bit more independent, but what's it been like having a dog for the first time? Yeah. So they like talk back. <laughs> it's like having a child, you really have to like care for it. Like my cat, I have to feed him, but I can put a certain amount of food in the bowl and like, he's good. He'll like ration himself dogs you know whatever you put in them they're gonna eat so it's just like controlling him and watching him realizing he's like a baby like we have to baby proof the house we can't leave garbages open I have a baby gate in my hallway 
he couldn't do stairs for the first month I had to carry him coming home from work not being able to leave like you have to make sure like everything's covered you can't just go on a trip and be like yay it's a trip it's like who's watching my dog do I trust the person who's watching my dog are they gonna take good care of my dog (laughs) will I have fun on my trip or will I think about my dog (laughs) you know Uh, yeah that's so true also dogs are hella expensive yeah like think about that before you jump into the realm of getting a dog is like yeah the first year of his life is probably going to be like five grand so wow I will think about that I I joke with Steven all the time that I'm like I want a dog I want a dog but I'm like I want a dog because I want the companionship and also it's great to have somebody to motivate you to have to go for a walk more right but at the same time I'm like I don't think that it's in my best interest or Steven's best interest to get a dog right now, just because we're so busy all the time that like the time that we're home is not that often. And like, I mean, it works for everybody else, but I just, I just would feel too guilty if I just left my dog at home too much. Like I don't have that flexibility of working from home or coming home and checking on the dog at all. Like it might've been different if when I was living closer to work before we did this move to Toronto, maybe I could have made it work because like I was right down the street. So I could have went and checked on the dog at lunch, you know, took it for a walk at lunch and then went back. But like, definitely now that we're, you know, in the city, I'm so much farther. You don't know what it's going to be like with traffic. So I'm like, you know, it sounds like it'd be a lot of fun. And I was told moving into this building, we met a random couple uh, outside. They asked us if we had a dog and we were like, no. And they were like, that's a like prerequisite to living in Toronto. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I failed because I don't have one. So, I mean, something that I think we want to do eventually, but I just have to be in like a better spot where I know I'm going to be able to be relied on essentially like I would never want to get an animal and not be able to take care of them like completely you know what I mean like I just just that's just something I can't do 1000 percent. and like honestly I really don't understand how people do it like I have to come home from work I have to make sure he gets like out I have to like be here and it's like everything's on you and it's like then you add the housework on top of that and it's like holy fuck like I didn't realize how much having a dog is like actually a task (laughs) but and and it's probably harder too like just like me because you're not in a house you can't just like let your dog out of the backyard and like let it get some fresh air too right you have to take it out for a walk yeah thousand percent and I'm also in Westboro which like I don't know if you know Ottawa but Westboro is like like a super like yuppie area there's a lot of like condos here and it's like super dog friendly and stuff but you have the mix between its condos and then it's like expensive houses so like I can't bring my dog to pee next door that's like an expensive house but (laughs) I live in a condo and our grass is fake grass so it's like I can't bring him to pee there so like I have to bring him for like a 10 minute walk away and like convince him to pee in this like random spot just like oh frustrating I just can't wait to have a house where I can let him out in the backyard and he can do his own thing (laughs) that's so funny but you know what somebody told me that apparently dogs that live in apartments or condos actually get so much more exercise than dogs that live in houses because typically that's what people do is they just let their dog outside their dog sees you know their backyard runs around whatever whereas owners that live in a condo 
they don't have a choice. They can't just let their dog outside. So they're taking them outside more walks and also more interaction with other people and other dogs because constantly walking them. Right. So, I mean, it's, it's almost the way that the person tried to spin it. I think they were trying to be like, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, get a dog. They were, they were trying to make it seem like they have a better life. I mean, (laughs) I wouldn't know I'm not a dog (laughs) or a dog owner. <laughs> yeah, it's like mixed. It's like hindsight's twenty twenty because you feel like yeah, it would be better to have a backyard for your dog to have that freedom. But a hundred percent, my dog gets socialized way more. He meets way more humans. He meets way more dogs. He's super friendly. He's not aggressive. So it's like yeah, you have to be like active and have a house. So you take your dog out and let him meet people, but he still has the ability to just go in the backyard. Yeah, best of both worlds. So let's talk about how we met. You know, we were just kind of laughing about trying to piece together exactly how it happened, but we both happened to be in Banff at the same time. I was just working at the Fairmont in the kitchen and you were working in the cleaning, right? No, in-room dining. As if you thought I'd be a cleaner. (laughs) No, I'm joking. I was working in-room dining. I worked with Trish. Oh, you know what I was yeah. thinking? I was thinking you were you worked with who was it, Cass? No, no, no. Cass was like my best friend. Okay. But Cass and worked-, worked with Steph, who like Steph I met because we were in the same orientation, right? So like me and Steph kind of kept tabs on each other because we also were like the same kind of person a little bit. And then she met Cass and then like we three hung out and that kind of perpetuated the evilness. <laughs> but yeah. The three of you were fucking trouble together (laughs) holy crap when I say three people should have never met that's us three a hundred percent I I couldn't agree more I mean it was a lot of fun hanging out with you but like troublemakers so you also knew Rachel and you knew Ashley and Ashley at the time was my roommate and just like you know one beautiful night (laughs) you ended up (laughs) coming over to mine and Ashley's apartment and pre-drinking with us before we went out to probably fucking like Hoodoos or Sasquatch. Yeah, something (laughs) like that. And yeah, like we just hit her off. We had some drinks, got real fucked up, had a great time. And I have to talk about the bar story. Do you want to add anything before I add in what happened at Sass? Because this is a story I tell people all the time. It's it's a must. No, I'm going to let you tell this one. Okay, so this wild bitch that loves fucking tequila decided (laughs) that she was going to convince me, not a tequila drinker at all, but it didn't take much convincing because I was already so wasted. You were like, oh, let's go do tequila shots at the bar. And my dumbass, because I'm sorry, so drunk, was like, sure, yeah, whatever. That sounds fun. And then we went up to the bar and took the tequila shot and it went a little bit like took it in and then instantly threw up all over the bar and the and I remember it was, yeah it was a chick it was bartender and she just fucking sweeps it across acts like nothing happened and we just carry on I still to this day cannot believe that I didn't get kicked out like I remember you looking at me and me being like no no it's fine it's fine it's fine whatever it's fine it's fine like she wiped it just like come on just don't make a scene we can keep going (laughs) 
that fucking story is wild. I tell people that story every single time. Somebody's like, do you want to do tequila? I'm like, do I want to die? <laughs> no, I'm okay. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I drink a lot of tequila in Banff. I, and I honestly, I haven't drinking it since Banff. And I don't know how I drink so much in Banff. I don't know yeah. either because tequila is disgusting. And I doubted that you were buying any expensive tequila because we only had like, what, two stores, two liquor stores. They're like corner stores. And the one that yeah. was open, like after like 10 PM and you have to like go through the mall. And that's the only way that you could get liquor. You're like, fuck, I just got off work. I need booze. <laughs> I remember that guy. He was really friendly though. It was owned by like an Indian man. And yeah. it, like every time he went in, he was so friendly. I went there on purpose. I would walk longer sometimes just to go there to see that man. <laughs> That's so funny. Yes, he was super friendly. I miss Banff all the time. I, as the years have gone by that I haven't been there, I don't know if you sympathize with this. It feels more and more like a fever dream. Like it never happened. <laughs> yeah, it's a big blur. It's like, wow, like I actually lived there. That was surreal. And like, I definitely didn't appreciate it as much as I should have when I lived there. Because yeah. I went and I wasn't a skier. I wasn't a snowboarder. I wasn't there for like a winter sports. I was there for pure party and wanting to be in BC eventually. Yeah, so. and same thing with me. I don't snowboard or ski or anything like that. I tried snowboarding once, uh, actually, but it was after I came back when I was visiting, not even actually when I lived there for a year, which is absolutely insane. We can start chatting about our topic today, which is toxic positivity. Yeah. So I'm going to start us off with just saying that after looking up a lot of information about toxic positivity that I think that I preach a lot of toxic positivity and a lot of like the keywords online where just look at the bright side everything happens for a reason stay positive be grateful for what you have and I read everything happens for a reason and like it crushed my soul a little bit because I'm like, oh my God, that's my mantra. I live by that. I have that tattooed on me. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that's awkward. Am I toxic? Am I just toxic positivity? I'm like, maybe I am. You know what? I honestly feel like it's just so much easier and you think you're doing the person just a world of good by being that positive like sunshine that you think they need but ultimately you're doing such damaging things to them by saying that to them you're negating like their feelings it's crazy and so many people do it all the time and I didn't realize it until I looked it up and then I was like wow like do this constantly like it's like a thing and I feel like they do it just to avoid emotion yeah and also like to try to rationalize something like I I can even say myself that I feel like when something and not even like crazy bad just something bad has happened to myself I try to rationalize it in my brain and be like oh well like it's only because everything happens for a reason <laughs> and like the more I think about it and the more I listen because I'm a big podcast listener I listen to a lot of podcasts and they talk they've talked about toxic positivity and one of the things that they said in relation to everything happens for a reason is 
I mean, you can say that if you want, but like what you're trying to say is there's an explanation as to like why a bunch of people have died tragically and all these things. And then it kind of just like put it in my brain that I'm like, yeah, okay. Like how could I ever be like, oh, all these people died in this fire, but like, oh, everything happens for a reason. Like what is the reason? Because there's no way of sugarcoating something tragic that has happened. And maybe that's my own just naiveness and the fact that like, I haven't dealt with like a crazy amount of tragedy. And I mean, I'm so fortunate that 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 stuff hasn't really happened to me, but maybe that's why I've kind of always been drawn to that because I didn't really realize like the repercussions of saying something like that and also saying it to other people because it's not just like, I'm living that as my everyday mantra. I am actually saying that to other people to try to explain as to why maybe something has happened to them. And like, it's not like something fucked up where like, you know, a death in the family, I'm not dropping that everything happens for a reason. But if it's something like, not even like minor, if it's something that's happened, like a breakup to a friend, I'm like, okay, but like, everything happens for a reason, like just trying to smooth it over. And like, yes, there is some trueness to that. But like, the phrase itself, I don't necessarily agree with as much anymore. And prior to this episode, I was like, man, like, maybe I should get my tattoo covered up with something else. Because like, I don't really think that I should live by that so much anymore. And I think that in order to build resilience, you have to go through pain. So that you know, everything happens for a reason. Like that's kind of a little bit bullshit. Like you have to go through pain and suffering to be able to grow. And I listened to something today where it was like, in order for a seed to become a flower, it has to break its shell. So it has to actually go through pain in order to become a flower. It's not just like, oh, I'm a flower one day. So I found that really interesting because I'm like, that's true. You have to go through some shit before sometimes you come out on the the other side essentially well yeah because that's where you learn right I think for people just like toxic positivity comes into play because it's so hard to deal with other people's emotions and for someone like me who feels they're an empath for lack of a better term when someone tells me that I feel it so deeply so it's like what do you want to say besides trying to cheer them up right but like at the same time it is so damaging because it's negating and if you realize when you talk to someone and you say the phrase that magic phrase you just said what happens afterwards they shut down they don't continue telling you about the issue because they've already accepted that like it's not an issue for you and you don't want to talk about it right it's hard for people to do these things and like that's what I say about relationships is like someone might be coming to you and saying a breakup but you don't know the backstory maybe they were abused that whole relationship so now you saying that phrase is just making what they went through okay right granted people don't know and it's like a learning curve I think it's a huge learning curve that like a lot of people need to get on that trend of learning because toxic positivity has been around for a long time like I feel like I grew up like that like your parents were always like that they're trying to be encouraging but it can be toxic at times. Yeah, like actually when you say that, you said actually a couple a couple things there where you said, you know, you don't know what somebody's backstory is when you're saying these things. And like, yeah, if somebody was like 
physically or mentally, emotionally abused in a relationship, saying something like everything happens for a reason, that could really fuck somebody up because it's like, oh, so now you're telling me that I was supposed to get abused, like that was supposed to happen to me. So saying things like that, it can just, you're right, fuck somebody up so bad. But then another thing that you just pointed out is that growing up, we kind of almost, you know, normalize toxic positivity. There's things that are kind of said to you that are toxic. So just one of the things that just comes to mind for me is be grateful for what you have. Like I can think of like my parents probably not realizing that that's toxic positivity saying that to me growing up, just, you know, because I guess as kids, sometimes we can be ungrateful and not really think about like the things that we have stuff that our parents have done for us. But like saying, be grateful for what you have. I feel like that can be articulated in so many different ways and also like explain versus just like this fucking blank statement that's supposed to just help me make sense of things. When you're a kid, you're like, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> like, what the fuck am I supposed to do with that? But it's, yeah. sad. It, it's sad because we learn that stuff at such a young age. Well, hundred percent. It's also super freaking dismissive. The thing about this, like at that age, when it generally happens is like when you're going through puberty, which is when mental illness can present in some people, right? It's like a crucial age that your parents actually need to be super vigilant of and not be dismissive of because at that time you can go one way or the other if they get you the help that you need maybe you're not going to express those feelings anymore but dismissing them certainly isn't going to help you because all that does is suppress your emotions and suppressing your emotions will put you in a horrible place in life and I think you you just said like dismissing feelings and like the more that we're talking about this, the more that I'm realizing that that's, that is what toxic positivity is, is it's just sweeping anything potentially negative under the rug and just not even acknowledging it. It's like using it as a, as an escape to just get away from the conversation. You're like, somebody says something and you're like, oh, I just don't want to deal with this. Just look at the bright side. I don't want to deal with this. Stay positive. Oh, you're just, you're being so negative. You have to stop being negative. You need to start being more positive. And, you know, there are people, unfortunately, out there that are just negative Nancy's and that's what they choose to live by. Everything is negative. And I don't agree with that, but I also don't agree with the fact that like you're shoving positivity down somebody's throat. Sometimes people just need to like, feel what they're feeling and like if they're gonna be negative sometimes you just you need to get it out and you need to be like yeah like today fucking sucks and people are like oh my god like relax it's just another day instead of saying something like that it's like okay let's unpack this like why does it suck what's going on let's deep dive let's talk about this more and then you know you kind of get a better perspective as to why maybe that person's day is shitty and, and kind of, you know, talk through them. And instead of being like, yeah, okay, well, everything will get better. It'll be fine. Maybe, you know, try to come up with solutions on like, okay, well, like, that's unfortunate that that's happened. But, you know, how, how can we fix this? Is there anything that we can do today to make it better? Or is just today going to be a day that you're in your feels, we got to just sit on the couch, eat some fucking ice cream and talk about how 
fucking shitty stuff is. And, and sometimes that's all that needs to be done. Like I definitely have days like that with my girlfriends and even with Steven where I'm like, you know, I'm having a shitty day or he's having a shitty day. And instead of just trying to be like, no, it's fine. Just make it a better day. Just move on. It's like, okay, well, how about, you know, we, we do something to make you feel better. How about we, you know, do something that makes you happy or how about we just fucking sit there and do a whole lot of nothing and be potato, whatever makes you feel better in that moment. And I think that that's really important to recognize and not just in our you know, relationships with our partners, but also in our friendships and with our parents too, you know, like I can say that there's sometimes my mom can be a little bit negative and it's just like, I try to brush it under the rug, but that's not always the best approach. Like maybe she's just having a really shitty day. You know what I mean? And, and that's okay. And she's allowed to, she's always been there for me. So like, it's kind of like, you know, you got to do that for your parents sometimes and just be a listening ear. And sometimes that's just enough. Exactly. You need to think about what you just said. That how do you feel at the end of those two conversations? How do you feel when someone is like, oh, let's be positive? You shut down, you suppress those emotions. When someone talks you through what you're going through, you leave, you instantly feel better, you're in a better mood, you feel recognized, you feel listened to, like everything you needed just happened. But like people shut that down constantly for you because they don't want to deal with your emotions. Granted, I can say that a lot of people probably don't because they're going through their own stuff, which I can recognize. But at the same time, sometimes even if you don't know what to say, simply just listening to someone does them a world of good because you're the first person who has. Yeah, and I completely agree with that. I actually have a really close girlfriend that has gone through some stuff over the last like year and a bit. Um, and I learned through our friendship that, you know, people can't always be there a hundred percent for you when you need them only for the fact that you don't always know somebody else's struggle. And it's not to say that like, you know, either of us forget about what's going on, but sometimes when like you're having that shitty day, sometimes your problems just feel so huge and so big that you kind of forget that like everybody else has their own shit. So we actually established some really great boundaries. And I think that that's healthy to do in a lot of relationships. So we like to message each other. And if one of us is having like a really shitty day, we will start off that conversation instead of just getting really into it. We'll be like, do you have the mental space for me today? And it's either simply a yes. And then we can get into it. You know, we'll text, she'll call me, I'll call her, whatever. Or she'll politely say, no, not today, reach out to me, you know, tomorrow or something. And that's okay too. And that has to be like a respect too. You have to respect other people's boundaries and you can't expect to also offload all of your own problems onto somebody else because some people hold on to that. And then those problems become their own problems. And now instead of having their own problems, and it's like this person's problem, this person's problem. And then it gets to be, it gets to be overwhelming because now you're so stressed because you're handling your own weight and then also everybody else's. And then that's where, you know, people just like drop off and you just like don't hear from anybody for like a couple months sometimes. And like, that's totally okay, but it's, it's understanding that you're not the only one that has stuff going on and respecting that. 
but that's on self-awareness right and that's on the ability to see those things there's so many people that will constantly unload on you and then just they don't like care about the results it's just the the act right the act of unloading for them feels good enough to them but they're just going to go to the next person and do that same thing yep so it's finding that person like you say boundaries are key right there are certain boundaries like I am that person I am the person who feels exactly what you tell me and I won't show it I will close the FaceTime and I will cry and I will feel it for days and it's like you know like it's a lot but I will never tell people but I think that's on people pleasing because yeah. you are the person that never shared your emotions because you suppressed them. So you feel that you can't say no to someone, even though you're in the place not to listen to them, because what happens if you don't listen to them, right? Maybe that's the day that things go bad. So it's yeah. like, oh, it's hard. It's like, it, it's, you know, a scale. And also like everybody chooses to show the face that they want. Some people are more willing to show you know, that they're not having good days and be open and have those conversations and say, I'm going through a hard time. And then we have other people that, you know, aren't so willing. It's not because they don't want to, it's just sometimes they're not good at expressing their feelings or they have trust issues. So, you know, all of a sudden that person blows up and you're like, what's going on with them? Because you think that they're sunshine and rainbows all the time because of toxic positivity or just because of positivity in general. Meanwhile, like you, you don't know what anybody's battle is. Yeah, hundred percent. See, that's the hard part. It's like, like I say, a fine line, like when do you push someone to listen? Are you that friend to be able to push someone? Like, what do you do about it? I think we're all in this like realm of where we realize that a lot of us have grown up in like the age of toxic positivity, but none of us really know how to address it. So we talk about it, but then like guarantee I'll go have a conversation with a friend tomorrow and they'll probably greet me with toxic positivity. (laughs) You know, like there needs to be more talk about it. I I completely agree. Now let's talk about social media and how toxic positivity and social media kind of like are one in one because I know, yeah, like I know myself, like I go on social media, Instagram, TikTok, not so much Facebook anymore. And all it is, is fucking sunshine and rainbows and my life's so amazing. And everyone puts on this show of like, everything's good all of the time. And that's not realistic. And that in itself is toxic positivity because you're sitting behind this screen, you know, maybe you're struggling with your mental health, your weight, your relationship, your family, your job, whatever it may be. But then you're posting like all these selfies of, oh, living my best life. And just like, you know, in paradise, meanwhile, you're stuck at a job that you're miserable at, but you're posting photos from two years ago, because sometimes you don't know how recent photos are right of you in like, you know, Europe or something like that. And, and it's like, but that's not realistic. And I mean, it's not to say that people have to out themselves and openly talk about everything that's going on, but there has to be some fine line of like realism and like the fact that it's not the way that it's portrayed on social media. Well, yeah, toxicity, right? 
So I have been one who's had to go through those social media detoxes where I unfollow the people who make me feel unhappy or make me feel unworthy because, yeah, everybody's going to perpetuate their best life. They're going to make you feel like that's everything they live all the time. And it's not. But you know what? I feel that I don't do that. And even when I look at my social media, I feel like that's what it's presented as. Because I've never posted any of my bad, right? I only post my good. I only post when I'm traveling, when I'm happy. And I've been that person to post a photo from two years ago to be like, oh, because you get the nostalgia off of it, right? It makes you feel good. Perhaps you're going through that shitty time right now and posting that, you know, that brightened your day. But I get that it's so damaging for so many people because it's not real. And there's also that like, kind of weird fine line where like our age group too is also the age group that like started with Facebook and we were putting it all out there like almost too much like someone's like oh you know just went to the bathroom had a shower talk to you later like your people are posting this stuff as statuses and you're like ew like why are you posting that like I look back Oh God, it hurts me to say this. I look back on stupid Facebook memories. That's the only thing I really go on Facebook. I get those notifications. And like I posted a meme the other day where I'm like that person on my memory page of posts is not the person I associate with now. Like the shit I was posting, I'm like, oh, life sucks. Work sucks. Like everyone sucks. Like just (laughs) stupid shit, but also like, oh, like, going to the movies and then at work hit my cell and then putting my cell phone number like up and I'm like I couldn't imagine doing that now and being like here's my cell phone number on my public Facebook profile like hackers have at it or stranger danger just people texting me like I don't know how I never got like random text messages from creepos but like again just oversharing we're, we're from that generation yeah. of oversharing that I also feel like our generation is struggling where it's like, what do I share? Do I overshare? You know, now I used to say stupid shit. Maybe now I should only post the good stuff because I also have like people that are, I had people on Facebook that were like that person that you're like, oh my God, steer clear of yeah. their Facebook because all they do is talk about, oh, me and my boyfriend broke up. Yeah, now I, now I'm back together with him, and you're like, reach out to somebody, but don't reach out to the entire world with that information because like, that's not healthy. But then also the worst part is then, like two weeks later you're back together with them. Yeah, and it's like I don't know. I'm not saying that that person's not being honest, but it's like you're putting a little bit too much out there. Also posting the shit about like smoking weed and drinking and all this stuff like when you're super young and I I can openly say that I was one of those people at one point where you know I was posting me drinking and it's like that's probably not like appropriate because of my age that I was posting it on now I'm like you know okay I'm legal age to drink like who didn't at one point underage drink that's reality it's happening but like did I need to post that on social media fuck no why wasn't somebody like you idiot take that shit down 
Yeah. Well, that's why back in the day, our parents didn't have Facebook. See, nowadays, parents have Facebook, so people actually censor their stuff more. Like, I remember at the point in stage where I was, like, I was, like, one of those star stars. So I had all the bar photos. I was a promoter. And then my mom got Facebook. Let me tell you, when I jumped on my Facebook so quick to delete and unassociate with all of that stuff. <laughs> yeah. But now I don't even use Facebook. It's like, do I. I don't know. It's boring. Right? Shout out but to it's my the dog. same people on there. It's <laughs> those same people on Facebook that just have the crazy theories or are still posting those, those stories about uh, their crazy life. <laughs> Literally. Shout out to my dad, though, because, like, the same shit happened to me. I had all sorts of dumb shit on my Facebook. And then my dad got Facebook and I limited his profile. So he could literally not see any of my shit. And we're talking, this is 2022. We're talking, this is when I was in college, maybe. So like 2013, just, or 2012. So a couple of years before I met you, he got Facebook, figured it out. I, I, you know, minimized his abilities still to this day this man calls me out of my shit and goes oh yeah you got me blocked on facebook eh like can't see any of your shit and i'm like no dad i don't i'm like i did at one point but i'm like i changed the settings don't worry and he's like no no that's not true he's like i can never see your stuff and i'm like it's because you have other friends on facebook and i don't post anything i don't post anything so i never come up on your feed dad he's like oh yeah i can see your sister's stuff but i can never see yours you ever gonna unblock me i'm like bro like I unblocked you okay I'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) it's the highlight reel the highlight reel that's all he gets right but getting back to your point that's what I found on Instagram is like anytime that I post like stupid things where it's like photos of myself or like stories of my dog I get like hundreds of views on my story but then if I post something that's actually meaningful to me like about the indigenous people or about women being abused you know how many views I get like five it's like censored it's literally censored where it's a point where it's like damaging because like I'll post like pictures of me and then in between I'll post those like meaningful things and it's like oh hundreds five hundreds it's like how does that one story get missed when there's hundreds of people viewing the in between like you're clearly censored so they perpetuate the idea of only showing your good reels like don't stand out for injustices don't put that shit out there because we're just gonna censor it anyways which also brings you to not want to do it yeah and it's and it's funny because I have this thing where like I can post something on my story and like same thing I'll get like so many views the second I post anything actually onto my feed nobody views it nobody likes it nothing and I mean not that I give a shit about the likes but I think it's really funny because I'm like okay so you watch my shit but you don't like my shit all right. All right. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah. Or the best is, is Steven likes to talk about how the fact that my Instagram looks like I'm single because I don't post a lot of stuff about us. And I've told him, it's not that I don't want to post. I, I don't have an issue with that. I'm like, but for certain things, like I don't get engagement and I am trying to build a brand and stuff like that. And like my following, sorry, Steven, they don't like you apparently yeah. because we want to see the makeup and the girl talk <laughs> yeah yeah and like every time I post a photo of like me I I can be fully dressed and it's me 
I'll get a bunch of likes. And if I post a photo with me and Steven, nobody likes it. And I'm like, yo, you guys are relationship haters. Like, I'm sorry. He's my boyfriend. He's here. He's always going to be here. Regardless of if you like my pictures or not, I will continue to post pictures of me and him. So suck it. But it's funny just kind of like, I mean, it is all dirty. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you can like whatever you want, but people are going to do whatever they want to. And they're going to only like what they choose to see. So if you're posting things that are not happy, people are just be like, no thanks and move on. And that's again, where we breathe that toxic positivity where people are like, I only want to see things that are good. But I get it too. Cause like how many times have you been like scrolling through channels and then you see that one channel that is like the sad dogs that need adoption. And you're like, fuck that my language and you skip the channel because you don't want to see it I don't want to cry today maybe I'm on a period I'm going to cry 10 times harder like screw that it's so funny because I actually had a vet tech on yesterday and I did a uh, podcast episode with her and one of the things that I asked her because she works at the Humane Society in Thunder Bay is I said okay you need to debunk this for me right now is it as depressing as it is on the commercials that are asking you to donate? I'm like, because when those commercials come on, I feel so fucking sad. I have to switch the channel. Like it's too depressing. And she's like, no, it's not like that at all. She's like, they just do that to get you to donate, I guess. She's like, I don't know why the marketing's like that, but yeah, it's not like that. And I'm like, yeah, I can't watch that. Like that does not yeah. enable me to donate. That just makes me really sad. And like, instantly have to change the channel I'm like I'm gonna get it off they need to do commercials that are toxically positive where they're like oh this is what your donations did so it's like yeah I want to donate so now this sad dog lives in this happy house not like you see the sad abused dog still looking sad and abused like what where did my donations go I couldn't agree more now let's talk about how the pandemic has kind of spiked toxic positivity because I feel like with the pandemic, you know, unfortunately, the world was in a little bit of a darker place. There was a lot of uncertainty. We didn't know what was going to happen. It was very unpredictable. And it kind of put everybody into a more negative mind space. I know myself, I, I felt pretty shitty because I mean, I was living in a you know, one bedroom condo, four walls, and I was working from home at one point as well. So wasn't really getting out. Uh, so it does wonders to your mental health when that happens. And I think that almost bred an even deeper toxic positivity on social media because everyone was like, my fucking life sucks. I need to just post things that are only positive. And I think that that made my mental health at one point actually worse because I'm like, it, it's not that good. It's, it's not like, like life is not that good right now. Like we don't know what's going on. And I mean, not to say that life was fucking shit, but it, I really struggled with the fact of uncertainty. I'm very much a planner and I like to know what's going on and having that like unknown stresses me out. I'm being very honest. So it, it affected me. And then it got to a point where I was like, how is everybody just like, okay, like how does nobody else feel like I do right now? And I actually, at one point in 2021, I think it was maybe, or yeah, maybe it was a year ago. I actually deactivated my Instagram completely for about a month, I think, or a month and a half. And my Facebook, I only kept TikTok because TikTok made me feel happy because of how 
toxic, positive everything was. I don't know how you feel or what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, so that was hard for me at the time. I was working my corporate job and we also went to work from home. We were also in a lockdown. So I was living downtown, which is like the concrete jungle. I was in a bachelor apartment by myself. I couldn't see anybody, the same four walls. I felt like I rolled out of bed, sat at my desk, started working. And then I rolled back into bed and went to bed. And it was like, I felt shit. And I was like, how does, how is, how are people happy? How are people like thriving in this? But it also did the same thing to me is where I got like resentful, which is like not who I am. Generally, I'm happy for people if they're doing well but I was angry. Like I got to a point of anger and just like weight gain and everything where it was like, who am I? Like, this is not me. And why am I so caught up? And like, I almost did the same thing as you. Cause I remember when you went through that, cause I was like, where does Violet go? Yeah. <laughs> I reached out to Steven. I was like, where is she? <laughs> and yeah, yeah. I almost did the same thing, but I felt like for me, that was like my only connection to, to people it felt. So like, I couldn't, it off because then I felt like I'd be more alone and do more damage for me but at the same time it also sucked because I wasn't unfollowing the accounts that I needed to unfollow the people traveling and making all this money and it was like I mean at one point in 2020 I couldn't even find a job I was in Alberta I came back to Ontario like it was like it was horrible and people are just like partying and it's like are you drinking this is not the answer to this yeah it was it was actually wild and and I don't know about you but like I mean I have definitely struggled with anxiety throughout my life but never really put a pin on it until COVID and then all of a sudden COVID came and I think that I never noticed that I was a little bit more anxious I've definitely like managed it now but uh, I was a little bit more anxious and I don't think I noticed because I was constantly go 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 every minute so it never really felt like anything because I just went on, right? Like I was just always busy. And then when everything slowed down, it's like, here are all these issues and you have not been addressing them. You've been just pushing, 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 pushing down. And now you're like, you know, over your head. And it sucked definitely at points, but it also gave me an opportunity to finally kind of deal with some of the shit that I had been pushing off for so long. So as shitty as it might've been at points, it definitely helped me actually grow. And I think I came out of it on the better end of the deal at the end, but it also was because I wasn't consuming myself with so much toxic positivity during that time. I was like, oh my God, these are all my feelings. I actually have to deal with them instead of just being like, it's fine. Everything's fine. Get over it. Like that meme. I feel like if I post this on YouTube, I have to put up that meme where it's the dog and he's in a house and there's fire all around him and he's smiling. He's like, everything's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> you, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, 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 100%. That's that's how I felt like my life was for the last little bit up until pandemic. Well, that's for sure too. The pandemic slowing down was actually probably a good thing in my life because I didn't realize that I was the most toxic, positive person in my life and in a lot of other people's life. Because I felt like for me, getting through my issues my entire life, being positive was what helped me. And that felt good for me. 
but then during the pandemic I, like everything came to a halt and it was like oh you have to feel all these emotions that you've been suppressing for years and telling other people not to feel it's like how could I have done this how was I that person like no I instantly went into therapy and like started talking about emotions yeah Good and it was you. like you know what that's that's what you need to do talking about things helps so much better yeah, we need oh to God. normalize therapy because it's still very, you know, this like, oh, you go to therapy because you have problems. No, I go to therapy to just talk. And then sometimes, yeah, I realize that there's these other problems, but like, you don't have to go to therapy because you think that you have problems. Therapy is just good at any point in your life. But before our episode finishes. I just wanted to ask you one thing before we play our game. Is there anything that you felt like I didn't ask you or that you wanted to talk about? Damn. No, <laughs> like I'll probably think of it as soon as we end this call and I'll be like, oh, that's what I wanted to say. But ADHD brain is like, no, like we covered it all. <laughs> I think we did. So let's get into our fun would you rather game. So I'm going to ask you, I have like 20 questions. So I'll try to fire this off real quick. All right, so vacation or staycation? <laughs> vacation, 100%. Staycation, like what? Why? <laughs> it's like right. a waste of money to me. Yeah, I agree. Netflix or Hulu? Oh, Hulu, but only because of the Kardashians. That's my guilty pleasure. You can get that on Disney+. Plus. I have that now, but okay, back in the day... The Kardashians were on Hulu, which is why I like it. Now I don't even know what Hulu is, but facts I don't either. <laughs> uh, night or morning? Oh, that's hard. That's honestly so hard because I feel like I am a morning person because I thrive on routine, but at the same time, I love being up at night. So I, like I a mix. I yeah, okay. So in between. Sorry <laughs> to answer that one really. <laughs> that's okay. Rich and famous or rich and unknown? Rich and unknown, 100%. Who cares about being famous? I really don't want people to know me because then it's just going to have everyone coming out of the woodwork and like... Asking for a handout? Yeah, exactly. And like treating you just wrong. Uh, passenger or driver? Driver. I don't trust anybody. Trusting someone to drive me is like my biggest fear. Really? Oh, thousand percent. I am a backseat driver. Train or airplane? Airplane. Coffee or tea? Oh, coffee. What's the point of tea? <laughs> being embarrassed or being afraid? Being embarrassed. Okay. Because I feel like you, you get it over it quicker than being afraid. Like that takes some time. And then I'll ask one last one. Attend a party or host a party? Attend. Because <laughs> then I don't have to clean. I don't want to clean. No, thank you. I can be degenerate. <laughs> I love that so much. Well, thank you so much, Kat, for coming on. I had such a good time. I hope you enjoyed this. And I hope to see you come back on again soon. Yes, thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. Well, that's our episode. Thank you so much. Bye, Vibers. Well, that concludes today's episode. Bye, Vibers.